Welcome to The Code, your guide to health and human performance. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Fix from Physio Room, a performance-based rehab facility here in Denver. On this podcast, we're going to explore the key areas of your life that impact your overall health and wellness, from sleep hygiene and stress management to nutrition, movement, relationships, and more. We bring you conversations with industry experts and top performers to share strategies they have for cracking the code on health and human performance. Now let's get to today's show. Welcome back to The Code, guys. Your host, Dr. Andrew Fix, physical therapist at Physio Room. Appreciate you guys being here. Morning, afternoon, night, whatever time you're listening, thank you again for tuning in. Uh, We wouldn't be able to have this show without people tuning in and listening, so we really, really appreciate that. And um, today, what we're going to do is a quick, smaller, you know, bite-sized episode where we're talking about the code to travel, okay? So the code to travel, you could think of this like airline travel. Specifically, that's what I'm going to be talking a bit about. Very relevant. I just got back from a trip. Um out to Charleston and back for a few days uh, for a business meeting. And what we're going to talk about is like ways that you can optimize your, your health, your fitness around your travel schedule. Okay. Maybe this would apply to a road trip that you're doing as well. Okay. So just, you know, think about the times, maybe you're someone that travels for work. My wife does a lot of traveling for work. um, And it is challenging sometimes to put your fitness foot forward or put your health forward when you're traveling because a lot of things are out of your control, right? Maybe your flight gets delayed. Maybe there's an accident on your way somewhere and it delays your trip. Um, There's just a lot of things out of your control, but there's a lot of things in your control too. And those are the things we're going to focus on on this show. Uh, That's just a good, you know, mindset to be in all the time anyways, right? Control the controllables. You're not going to be able to control if the flight gets delayed. You're not going to be able to control if somebody sitting in the row next to you you know, it's keeping you awake and you're trying to get some sleep. Uh, maybe there's, maybe there's a child on the, on the plane who's having some, some challenges and, you know, they're crying, they're loud. You just can't control that. Okay. So let's focus on what we can control the code to travel. So thinking about traveling on a plane specifically, if you're traveling, you know, across a period of time zones, maybe you're going East to West, maybe you're going West to East, maybe it's just within the country. <clears throat> maybe it's international some ways that you can help prevent jet lag. Okay. So, you know, and if you've traveled far before you travel regularly, you probably know what a little bit of jet lag feels like just your body's clock struggling to balance itself out and accommodate to the new time zone that you find yourself in your routine just gets thrown off. Okay. So let's talk about pre-flight. So before you're going to go travel, some of the things that you can do to help your body acclimate and prevent jet lag would be don't go into your trip sleep deprived, right? Make sure you're getting adequate sleep before you go travel so that when your body's clock gets thrown off a little bit, when you are traveling, you're, you're well prepared to buffer that. Okay. Um, a lot of times that's challenging for people. I know you're like packing at the last minute, you're anticipating your, your travel. Um, but the more you can focus on your sleep beforehand, the better off you're going to be on your trip. And the more, you know, probably the more productive your trip's going to be, whether that's vacation or it's a business trip, um, your, your body will feel better. If you can, try to shift your body clock a few days before you fly, right? So, you know, if you're going to travel two time zones over, maybe you go to bed 30 minutes earlier or you wake up 30 minutes earlier 
trying to start to prepare yourself for the new time zone that you're going to be in. Right. So, um, you know, we just had daylight savings time. The same thing could be said for that. If you're going into daylight savings time, whatever that, if the, whether the clock is going back or whether the clock is going forward, you know, go to bed, maybe the two days beforehand, 30 minutes earlier then 30 minutes earlier again, the next night, so that you're prepared for that one hour difference in change or vice versa, <clears throat> wake up 30 minutes earlier or wake up 30 minutes later or whatever that is, just trying to acclimate yourself ahead of time. You can do the same thing when you're traveling. Now, sometimes when you start to do that, maybe the, you know, maybe the sun's not up at that time. Maybe it's not dark enough when you're trying to go to bed. If you are trying to move the clock just a little bit, things that you can do to try and help with that is, you know, use some form of light, use a light box or uh, in the morning to help wake you up and stimulate things. And then on the flip side, if you're going to bed and it's not quite dark enough out, you know, have, have a sleeping mask, have some room darkening shades or, you know, in the couple hours before you're going to bed, wear blue light blocking glasses, things that are going to help your body kind of tone down and downregulate. Okay. Um, whenever possible, I try to factor my sleep time into my travel arrangements, right? I used to travel the cheapest way possible. And of course you have to fact, this has to be factored into, right? You have to factor in the price and the logistics of your travel. Maybe you're traveling with other people. Maybe there's a considerable difference in the cost of some tickets versus others, but I like to factor the flight time and the travel time and how that's going to affect my sleep into my travel plans. So what I mean by that, you guys, is if I'm, you know, going to travel somewhere, rarely anymore do I try to pick the like earliest or latest flights. Now, sometimes those are the cheapest ones, and I understand that. And sometimes I do pick those. But if there's a negligible difference in price, say there's a $30 difference in a ticket. Um, and one flight time is going to allow me to get considerably more sleep than the other one. And one, or one's going to just allow me to get my normal regular amount of sleep in the earlier flight or the later flight is going to drastically disrupt my sleep schedule and my routine. For me personally, knowing how I feel, it's worth it to pay 20 or $30 more as long as I can afford that to pick the flight that's going to allow me to get more sleep because that sleep, that sleep's important. Okay. So think about that, you know, picking like a 5am flight or a 6am flight that you're probably going to be up by three o'clock, get to the airport versus like a 10am flight that allows you to just wake up at your probably normal time, get to the airport, keep your routine the same. If there's not a big difference in the, uh, you know, in the cost of things, I would make that choice every time. So what about once you're in the flight? Okay, so the, the recommendation I would give you, and I've read this in a book, and there's there's some um, resources on jet lag, some articles that can can back this up. But if you're flying from west to east, say like the trip I just went on, if I'm flying from Denver to Charleston, two time zones over, west to east, the recommendation would be to not nap in that flight. Now, of course, if you're like sleep deprived, maybe it's okay to nap. But reason being is, you know, you're traveling east, you're going two time zones ahead. Assuming you'd go to bed at a semi-decent time in that eastern time zone, you're already going to be trying to put yourself to bed at an earlier time relative to how your body feels than what your body is used to. So if you nap on that plane, 
maybe that's going to make it even harder for you to fall asleep. If you want to keep your sleep drive or your sleep pressure high when you get in the new time zone so that, you know, you're not used to going to bed at about, I don't know, 9 p.m., 10 p.m. In your current time zone, you fly two time zones over. Now you're going to bed like significantly, uh, trying to go to bed significantly earlier. That's going to be hard if you were napping a lot on that plane. Uh, your body's just not going to have the sleep pressure that it needs. Same thing, controlling the light and dark. Um, when you're on the plane, if you're traveling across time zones and the sunlight's going to be different, having sunglasses, having blue light blocking glasses, having a sleeping uh, mask, something to cover your eyes is going to be very helpful in those scenarios. Okay. I like to bring a sleep mask with me when I travel because I never know, you know, my bedroom is, is dark here at home. We have these blue light, or excuse me, we have these room darkening shades and, um, I don't know what the hotel room is going to be like, or I don't know, you know, what's the the light going to be like at my in-laws house or wherever I'm staying. I like to be able to control how dark it is. Now, obviously this is something hopefully you're doing every day anyways, but, um, you know, planes are very dry and dehydrating places. You guys got recirculating air. You're at high altitude. Um, making sure that you're hydrating appropriately, getting adequate water intake, and then even, you know, making sure you're getting electrolytes with that water. Okay. So something that has a good ratio of sodium, potassium, magnesium, when you're traveling can be very helpful in helping your body feel hydrated, especially if you're traveling for anything that has anything to do with um, athletics or, or exercise, you want to make sure you're going to be prepared for that. So making sure to get your fluids in, uh, you know, it, on the airplanes, you guys, it is very common for people to drink things, whether that's alcohol or soda or ginger ale, um, orange juice, whatever that might be, that maybe they don't drink on a regular basis, or maybe they do drink them on a regular basis. And then that's a, that's a whole nother conversation. Um, but you know, if you can avoid those highly sugary, um, drinks on the plane, that's just going to set you up so much better to feel better on your traveling, especially, you know, maybe you're planning on having some drinks on your travel. Maybe that starts the next day. Do you have to add them in on the plane? I mean, I've had a beer on a plane too, but, um, I'll tell you, I feel better when I don't, especially when you start factoring in, you know, alcohol is going to negatively affect your sleep quality. Your REM sleep is going to be disrupted. So if you're trying to make sure you're getting sleep when you're traveling, it would be wise to avoid that alcohol on the plane. It would be wise to avoid that can of soda that has, you know, 30, 40 grams of sugar in it on the plane. If you can help it, I would recommend avoiding those things. Um, the snacks too, for that matter, right? I like to pack my own snacks for traveling, right? When I'm packing snacks, whether this is a road trip, whether this is an airplane, you know, things that I'm prioritizing is high protein, high, high, uh, healthy fat percentage, right? Things like healthy nuts, beef jerky is a great one, right? Maybe, maybe you're on a road trip and you have to stop for gas and you're like, man, I'm feeling hungry. I'm gonna go in the gas station and, and find something to eat. There's going to be a million choices in there. A lot of which are obviously packaged, highly processed, highly refined sugar and carbohydrate things, potato chips, honey buns, donuts. I mean, you name it, right? 
not a bad choice. Grab a, you know, if they have one um, and, and you handle dairy well, grab a Greek yogurt from the cooler. Grab yourself a bag of beef jerky. Grab yourself some sort of some sort of beverage if you want it. Fill up your car and get back on the road. Right. Those those types of snacks are going to sustain you, satiate you, make you feel full significantly longer. Guys, I could probably sit down and eat a whole bag of potato chips and 30 minutes later, I'm still hungry. Those things, those things are designed to be highly palatable, to taste really good, but they don't fill you up, right? They're nutrient deficient, they're high in calories. So, so if you're traveling, you know, rather than planning to just eat every meal out, you're going to the restaurant every single time, or you're just going to wing it. You know, if you can pack a couple things with you, you know, of course we're going to advocate for eating real food, but traveling is a great time to have maybe a protein supplement of some sort with you, some protein powder. You can easily throw that in a little container or a Ziploc bag because sometimes getting those high protein snacks in or, or meals in is challenging when you're traveling, depending on where you're going and who you're going with. Right. But if we can reduce the highly processed sugary carbs that are going to be very um, easy and quick and convenient on traveling. I mean, of course you want to do those things all the time, but when you're traveling, it becomes a little harder because there's just so much stuff that's outside of your control. We already talked about hydration and electrolytes. Okay. So those are things you can do like in flight or during travel, while you're on the road trip, while you're, uh, while you're on the airplane, you know, prepare for your snacks and your meals, prepare for that flight to get delayed. What if it does? And then you, you have to wait two more hours before you eat. What are you going to do? Okay. So, okay. So what about after the flight? Let's talk post-flight or post-driving, wherever you're going to go. In the morning, if you're having a hard time trying to like get up, get going, as long as you're someone who can handle caffeine okay, may not be a bad idea to have a cup of coffee or to have a little bit of caffeine in the morning to kind of like kickstart you and get you going. Now, what I'm not suggesting in that new time zone is start drinking caffeine at like hours of the day that you would not normally do that. I'm just talking about, you know, if you fly from west to east, you wake up in the morning and you're like, oof, man, my body is used to being asleep at this time, but I have to be on and energized for this meeting, maybe have a cup of coffee beforehand. That might help, help give you a little pick me up. Okay. What about the timing of your meals, right? The more you can in the new time zone that you've traveled to eat similar times to like what you normally would, the more your body is going to, to accommodate well to that or slowly change your eating to, to that new time zone. So say, for example, you're arriving late on a flight right? You're flying somewhere, whatever direction you're arriving late. And a lot of people will, you know, they get where they're going and then they'll eat something because they've been traveling all day. But if that's not a time that you would normally eat, you know, it's like bedtime. You're, you're not normally eating dinner at that time. If you can, it would be best to try to abstain from eating until the morning so that you can just eat at the time that you would normally do it rather than giving your body a meal at a time that you'd normally be sleeping. This is where maybe having like a high protein snack or something comes in because, you know, maybe, maybe you decide to yourself, I can't wait till the morning. I have to eat something, but instead of eating like a whole meal or getting something at a restaurant in the airport, out of the airport, 
Maybe you just have a little bit of that beef jerky. Maybe you have a small sandwich that you already made for yourself that's high in protein. Maybe you have whatever, right? Maybe it's a protein shake that'll just tide you over just enough. You can get some sleep and then wake up and eat at the normal time. Okay, so what about physical activity? A lot of people will skip exercising on their travel. And then you'll see other people in the hotels who are on a treadmill trying to burn a bunch of calorie, calories and they're trying to keep their routine going. What I would recommend from a physical activity and exercise standpoint while you're traveling is just to try to keep some consistency in your routine. You don't have to exercise every single day when you travel, but the more that you can just keep your routine, even if you can't do the same activities that you would normally do at home, the more it's going to allow you to, when you do get back home, just jump right back into the swing of things and not skip a beat, right? So if that means you just do a 10, 20 minute workout each day while you're gone, because you would normally do a 30 or 60 minute workout at home, great, right? Exercise can also be an energy boost, right? Can give you a little boost in energy. So if you're having trouble getting adjusted to the time zone that you're in, a little bit of exercise, especially if you can get outdoors and there's any sunlight, if it's, you know, the weather's decent, um, I would highly recommend that. Now, exercising sometimes on the days that you travel can be a little difficult. I know one of the things that I used to do, and I still do this when I travel, is, you know, I'm often scheduling myself pretty tight from a work standpoint. You know, I'm working, I'm going straight to, to, to the airport, or I'm coming from the airport, and then I'm going to work right when I get back. And part of that is because logistically, you know, where I live, where the airport is and where, where I work, I drive right past my work on the way to and from the airport from my home. Um, so I try to schedule that so that I have less wasted time or less time in the car. But from a stress management standpoint, sometimes that adds a little bit of stress to my plate where I just don't have that kind of buffer time or that decompression time after the travel. So if you can do that, if you can um, logistically figure out your schedule to where you're giving yourself plenty of time to get to where you need to go so that you're not stressed about making it. You know, you know how stressful it is when you're going to miss a flight or if you're, you're concerned that you're not going to make it to your flight on time. I mean, that is stressful. We know stress is one of the things that negatively impacts our health. And if we can manage it appropriately, you're going to be better off in the long run. How about just, you know, trying to avoid putting yourself in that stressful situation to begin with? right? It feels so much better when you're driving somewhere. And I'm sure you've all experienced this. It feels so much better when you're driving somewhere and you don't have a time rush to get where you need to go. You know, you're not racing through traffic. You're not slamming on your brakes because you were trying to make that light. And then you're, you know, then you're getting stressed out about the one minute you're going to sit at the red light. If you don't have a time crunch, oh man, it takes the stress down multiple notches. But okay, so back to the schedule and scheduling yourself tightly and travel. On travel days, it's often hard for me to get my normal exercise routine in. Maybe I skip my normal lifting session because of the flight time that I booked. Or maybe I skip it because of the clients that I booked and I'm trying to fit people in because I know I'm going to be gone for the next few days. One of the things that I like to do is exercise lightly while I'm traveling, right? It is so easy to sit down at the bar at the, uh, at the airport and have a beer, wait for your flight. Maybe you have another one on a plane, 
But airports, you guys, are places where it is so easy to just sit down. Maybe you're doing some work on your computer, which, of course, if you have to do that, I get it. Um, I've, I've been there, too. But what I try to do now is if I know I'm not going to get my normal exercise in, I exercise while I'm at the airport. That might be just walking around. Right. This last flight I took, I walked for an hour before my flight because I know I'm just going to sit on my, you know, on my rear end on the plane. Maybe that's a four hour flight. I think it was like a three and a half hour flight. I'm just sitting around doing nothing. Right. Typically, when you're traveling, they're, they're low calorie burn type of days. You're not getting your normal movement in. Move less, eat less type of thing. Right. I try to get as much movement as I can in when I'm at the airport. Maybe if I'm tired of walking, I stop and I do a little bit of stretching or a little bit of like airport yoga, right? Nobody else there cares, you know, get a space that, that works for you. I was working on some mobility. Um, heck who knows, maybe you'll motivate someone else to do a little bit of the same thing. Right. Um, but you don't have to worry about what everyone else is doing. You just have to worry about what, what you need, uh, what's going to make you feel better and what's going to set you up for success because it's your traveling, it's your life. Um, you know, maybe you have somebody that you're traveling with, maybe they would like to do the same thing. Maybe they don't want to sit around, you know, especially if you're um, spending time with people who you have a lot in common with. If you have a, you know, a fitness type of lifestyle, healthy lifestyle, and you're going to get some exercise in, they probably want to do it with you. Now, if they don't, that's okay. Right. You know, we, there's no need to make anyone else feel bad if that's not what they want to do, or if they have other priorities, that is okay. Um, that's totally their decision to make. And I'm not here to tell them that they shouldn't, right? But control the controllables, do what you need to do to make yourself feel better. And um, so those are just some of the major travel tips, right, guys? Just to kind of summarize here, get sleep before you travel, right? Don't go into your travel sleep deprived. If you're flying west to east, don't take a nap so that you can actually fall asleep at a normal bedtime when you get to where you're going. Make sure you hydrate, right? Even more important, if you're going to be consuming any alcohol, make sure you hydrate, get your fluids in, bring a water bottle on the plane and get water from the flight attendant when they, when they come past, right? Get your electrolytes in and then try to find time for physical activity, even if that's walking around the airport. Right. Nobody says that you have to sit down and wait by your gate. You know, the flight's going to board about 30 minutes beforehand. We all have apps on our phone. Right. It's going to tell you, oh, your flight's been delayed. You don't have to hang out right by the gate in order to catch all the news and information. And if you're concerned about that on your walking, just walk past that gate a bunch of times so that you can see if something's changed or you can stop in at the counter and ask, ask the employee a question. Hey, has anything changed? Hey, what time do you expect we're going to board? But you probably already know that anyways. Right? And then try to keep your schedule from eating and sleeping as consistent as possible on your travel. Right? Don't go to bed at totally different times than you normally would. Don't eat at totally different times than you normally would. Right? And try to pick foods that you know are going to serve you. Right? Especially if this is a business trip of any sort. Or maybe you're, maybe you're going to, you know, I have some clients go to Disney World with their kids. They're going to be able to handle that, that situation. You know, that might be a vacation. That might not. Depends how old those kids are, right? But 
if you eat better, you're going to be better prepared to handle the situation. That can be stressful. You know, you're trying to entertain some young kids all day long at Disney World. They want to know why we're standing in line for an hour. Right. Maybe it's hot outside. So I think you've all you all can understand and picture. Imagine what I'm talking about. Right. Set yourself up for success on these travel days. These are just some tips to help you out, whether you're road tripping, whether you're on an airplane, business trip, vacation, you name it. Right. Take care of yourself in this on this episode of the code, the code to travel. Hopefully you found something that you can, um, you know, put into action on your next trip that you take. We'd love to hear how it goes if you do. But uh, wherever you're traveling, wherever you're coming back from, I hope it was a great trip or I hope you have a great trip. And thanks for listening to this episode of The Code. I'm Dr. Andrew Fix, your host from Physio Room. And I hope you have a great day. Bye-bye.